Hey there, good people. On this week's episode of Diet Starts Monday, we learned that everyone in Virginia wears blackface. The Grammys happened, and you're gonna find out that life is a drag, unless you are a bodybuilding drag queen. Enjoy. It's your three favorite gals Thriving on the East Coast Figuring it out and always doing the most We've got our ups and downs At the end of the day Don't forget Diet starts Monday Hey, hey, hey you just totally interrupt me. I'm not gonna let you and your misogyny ruin this show. Excited. I need you to relax. That's who I am. That's who I am. Um, All right, try again. <laughs> trash misogynist. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Hi, friends, loved ones, hated ones, enemies, former lovers, Republicans. Welcome back to another episode of Diet Starts Monday. Um. What's up, guys? Sorry, I have the nose itchies. Um, no one else needed to know that because no one can see me, but I was just profusely scratching my nose. Uh, yeah, what's going on, kids? Hey. Um, yeah. I don't well, know. everyone's like I super like down. Living life. No, I'm not down. I'm simmering in anticipation of what's going to be great times. Interesting. So okay. I'm like holding it in. I'm reserving. I'm what I don't even know. I'm like, I'm hibernating because in like two weeks, I'm gonna have my ass on the beach. Maya's gonna be there. Aja's gonna be there in spirit. It's gonna be beautiful. Trying to lift her spirit. Grad school is hard and it's just harding right now. That's all. That's why I sound down. It's nothing like actually bad. I chose to do this. It just is, you know, it's not always easy. That's all. School sucks. It's, and then you die, that you is, know? That is, that is the truth. Thank you for being vulnerable with us, Ash. You know, I do what I can. I just try to be open. No. <laughs> no, what's up with you, though, Brandon? How are, or not Brandon, Maya. <laughs> oh, I just took a bite of my dinner. Um, you know, everything's good. Um, life, work. Rinse, repeat. Sorry, y'all. Wow, we sound like that episode. We sound like that episode of SpongeBob with Squidward where he's in Squidwardville and at first he's like smiling while he goes to aerobics class or jazzercise and then rides his bike. Yeah, yeah. And then his face just gradually deflates. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how I feel about life. I mean, we were just talking about the fact that it's like tax season and... I'm debating whether or not I should file my taxes because I don't want to know the IRS money. So I'm like, do I skip it now and risk it later by being charged with failing to fail my tax, like whatever, that Lauren Hill thing? Or um, do I just risk it and see what happens? But I have to say, talk to Lauren Hill. Money. I would, but she didn't show up in her scheduled fee, so. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. (laughs) That's pretty much how this week's going for everyone. (laughs) of the week pretty much right there sorry um what what about the let's get into the world because clearly like we are all struggling 
Oh my I'm God. struggling also. I'm trying to post something on Instagram and I literally just keep getting this error message that I've never seen in my entire life that says, something went wrong. Please try again later. It has been later for hours, Instagram. What's wrong with you? <sighs> Delete the app I and did that. it. I turned my um, phone on and off. I tried wow, logging in through like the computer. Drama. I tried logging in through Safari. Nothing is working. But it's fine. What is the picture? What is it? What is not meant to be on Instagram? I don't know. Is it a female nipple? It's just nipple? a nude, but like a tasteful nude. Is that why they're like trying to bring you down? Maybe. It's kind of um, black. What is happening worst, in the world? You know what? Let's talk about the world. This has been the worst black history month since because. 1619 <laughs> when the slave ships <laughs> oh, literally oh landed here and shit was garbage. Oh. So much terrible stuff is happening. Um, yeah. Um. Everybody I mean, in Virginia oh, well, has decided that blackface is the new black. I was going to say. <laughs> like, what? So it's one guy, was it Richard, or no, not Richard, Ralph Northam, is, was the first guy. He was like in his yearbook, literally like, one, he's either in a KKK attire or he's in blackface. Like, it, and then he was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. And then he was like, you know what? That's not me. Yeah. Y'all. However, I did, uh, when I did uh, Michael Jackson, so how is, I just, oh, and then. Too much. Didn't someone else from Virginia, wasn't he like, you know, he's not the only one. So. It's like, why would you put yourself on blast like that? Like, thank you for exposing yourself. So now we all know, but just like. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like he is king of blackface. Apparently the lieutenant governor is a sex offender. Um, the guy, I forgot who the other person in blackface was. I think it's the person who's like the secretary of Virginia state. I don't know. Literally everyone's in blackface. And then the one cop who was supposed to control the riots in Charlottesville was apparently part of the KKK. So like, you know, it's fine. There are still active chapters of the KKK in 2019. Let us pray. Other Oh, other trash old white men. Um, Liam Neeson. I don't even like want to talk. I about don't him. E- He's garbage. I was gonna say, I don't even actually want to. Can we just like say Liam Neeson yeah. period? Done. Done. Let's keep going. Like, stop making Taken movies. Next. <laughs> um, so the State of the Union finally happened. I, like, so the best part about that, I didn't watch it, but the best part about that, as I'm sure you're all aware, are the Nancy Pelosi memes. Um, with her, like, little clap. Oh, I like, this is um, my anti-white feminism speaking, because... I don't understand. I feel like she was truly clapping on the ones and threes and not the twos and fours. And that's why you got that iconic photo. I don't think she was like trying to be shady. I don't think that's like even in her realm. And she even said, I was just clapping. I didn't do anything. But like people are so quick to up white women. I'm like, she just clapped. She's not a clap. Is that like a sign of success? Because we are in dark times. I feel like she like played the whole, oh, I was just clapping deal. But like that face was like kudos to you buddy you know what i'm saying like the the face itself says that that was intentional like he looks back like yo i'm doing the state of the union and she's like okay yeah and. i guess i so don't I, have the context of what was happening because i didn't watch either so like i don't know if it was like were they clapping because he just walked in or were they like why would you i also don't understand why clap at things that he says i'm like the 
Oh. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez sitting there in her lipstick and hoops like, I'm only here so I won't get fined. Um, well, yeah, I don't think she deserves any cookies for, you know, becoming a meme, but I feel like the meme is pretty genuine and it's hilarious. I just, I just enjoy the meme. That's really it. Because I was like, ah, something funny this week. Um, but yeah, I, I feel you on that. I do, I did enjoy like the, the all white brigade of like the women in Congress um, situation. That was kind of, that was a cool visual. Um, and yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's like cape, everything. Um, other things like the the Grammys happened. Yeah, right? I feel like so ill-informed. Um, some cool things came out of that. I didn't watch. Um, I was at a bowling alley and they were playing the Grammys on all the TVs with none of the sound. <laughs> um, fun fact, everyone. Uh, so. Cardi B, regardless of like how you feel about her album, or I guess like I don't claim to be someone who can speak on like all the albums that were nominated in the hip hop category. But if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, she is the f first woman or the first woman in a long ass time to win in that category. So like rap, hip hop, album, um, as like oh. a solo artist, right? Uh, I want to say first, but then I'm like, but Lauren Hill. But was that in that category? Or that was like literally like album or record of the year, which is like fucking awesome as well. Um, I, I don't know. The first in that category. I'm like relatively confident, but I'll get back to you. Still super dope. Um, yeah. And like, I think a lot of the sentiment, there has been, you know, some people who are like, like that wasn't, you know, people who are like lyrical, really like pressed about this or like this this or that and like no matter how you feel about cardi at the end of the day like she like she just like works her ass off and it's she's fucking awesome I, I i think that's a really great achievement and shout out to her like yeah the grammys aren't everything but like that is i i, I just think that's really cool i'm hyped for her i just wish she would drop off yeah why'd she bring him she on stage i don't know if he followed her up there or like and then he was in all her pictures. I'm like, can you move? <laughs> you were everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maya, I feel like, were you, I don't know, if were you both actually watching, um, like, live? Like, what were your feelings about it in I general? Any, like, performances them. you really liked? I haven't watched the Grammys in, like, four years <gasps> because they always get it wrong. I've never met anyone more dedicated to getting it wrong than the Grammys. Yeah, like, and they did get it wrong again. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't... I didn't watch it. I like a clip started playing on my phone and I had to scroll past it because it sounded Motown like Motown is its own sound. And like the first thing I heard was like Motown with like a Latin undertone. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> this is not what I came here to listen to. I heard Diana Ross was everything. She's the only reason I would have watched because um, she's my queen. But yeah, the Grammys, it's a no for me, dog. No, she, uh, so J-Lo did do the Motown tribute, like, she did most of it, and then they, like, sprinkled a Neo in there for a half I heard Smokey Robinson was there, too, but, like, someone told me, it was like, Smokey Robinson is a robot, and I could not stop thinking about the fact that he might be a robot ever since. <laughs> just Maya things. <laughs> but, no, I just was, like, blown, because I was, like, I don't know, there's just certain people who belong doing certain things, and J-Lo has no affiliation, no inspiration, no association with anything Motown ever in life and to do something like that during Black History Month like we love you J-Lo we feel you like you're you know you're a fan but we still haven't forgiven you for saying you nigger back in the early 2000s but alas we've swept it under the rug 
But I'm just saying, like, are we going to be okay with Jennifer Hudson doing a Selena tribute in broken right. Spanish? Right. It's a no. And, like, then they did this whole, like, salsa break. Um, and I was just like... <laughs> what? Well, it was a fun performance. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun-ish. It just was really painful to watch because I was like, there are so many artists. Like, for example, if you even if you wanted to... Like, it's not even necessarily just the fact that she's not Black. It's also that she's not inspired by anything Motown. Like, if you were to put Bruno Mars up there, if you want to get a non-Black, throw Bruno up there who, like, you know, t- like, does the damn yeah. thing and, like, is completely credits who he you know where he came from his musical style all that good stuff anyways there were just so many better picks and you know i wouldn't say regardless of race but like even good picks were it would have been like yeah i can see that like even though they're not black um but it was just like a it was it was it wasn't a mess it was like an it was a a cultural mess it just seemed (laughs) mess adjacent i did watch the only performance i actually watched was uh, one of our faves, Janelle Monet, and I thoroughly enjoyed her performance, um, as expected. Oh, uh, so that was cool. Um, bummed for Dirty Computer, because um, I don't think it, it I don't lost, know if it won yeah, anything at the end of the night. It lost everything. It, it was lost. Um, which is such a bummer. Like, um, and I know people have, like, you know, their own mixed feelings about like Casey Musgraves who ended up winning that I think I guess it was album of the year um the country gal and I and I personally like Casey we've had her as a bop before um and you know but I do think a lot of those albums really awesome like I'm not gonna say at the end of the day what I like I don't know I haven't heard all of them um but like I'm not mad for Casey I'm like hyped for her I like her as an artist but Dirty Computer was like it was just such a huge deal for me I think. Retweet. Um, so shout out to Casey, but like, I wish Janelle had gotten some more love. Yeah, I agree. But like, I feel like it's hard for a lot of people to appreciate Janelle's genius, so I'm not surprised. Truth. And also truth. Um, other big things. Truth on truth. What else happened? The Super Bowl happened, I feel like, another lifetime ago. Um, yeah, I don't know it's, it is what it is. Yeah, the sports Corey happened. Booker, did we talk about him? Uh, was he running last time we recorded? I don't Corey think Booker's so. running for president. He is such a corny. He's corny Corey. Um, and like 15 other people have thrown in their hat for the Democratic nomination. It's actually getting very ridiculous. I don't know if there's a debate stage large enough for all of these people. Yeah. It's going to be insane. Like... I, I feel like we've all been trying more and I mean, you know, I don't know I don't know if you all feel the same way, but I, I feel like we've all been on the same length of wavelength of kind of getting more invested and trying to pay more attention in with what time we have and like you know, like Maya you're talking about how you want to like volunteer a little bit more and like actually um contribute in that way to a campaign and stuff like that. Like there are things that I'm trying to do and like I just wanna stay hip and it is just like getting so it it just feels like it's getting so much more difficult like every day i'm like damn how am i supposed to like know what the fuck is going on there's truly no way to in this we every day we stray we stray further from the lord's light and this election is going to be the uh manifestation of that straying Aj, were you having feels i mean it's just I, i guess i'm just like exhausted I mean, like, 
obviously realistically like in my real life but also like in politics and shit like that like i'm just like give me the democratic you know primary winner i'll decide how awful i think they are um and i'll probably be forced to vote for them anyway because if we if you know people do the same thing that they did this time around where they're like oh i don't support either one well i'm gonna vote independent then you end up you know four more years yeah so i'm like i like i I, i'll vote in the primary i'll do my like due diligence i'll do all the work but like in the meantime just stay the fuck off my timeline because we're like literally like a year from that it's it's just so much like being inundated by it 24 7 when like stop hearing for my votes when it's not even time i mean though (laughs) but you have to lay the foundation it's a shit like i think i learned this after reading becoming is that like you have to start laying that foundation like a year and a half out it's actually ridiculous. But they're laying really hard. Well, I think it's because they're like, this is, it's do or die time, people. Like, hello. But then you have yeah. Kamala Harris on the Breakfast Tub Club talking about smoking weed, listening to Snoop Dogg in 1986. And people are like, that don't add up, sis. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know? It's going to, someone is going to be president. Who? Only time will tell. Who knows? <laughs> mm. So, there's, like, a lot going on in this world. Like, is there any... I, I want to, like... I want to feel uplifted for a minute. Is there anything that that's going on, whether that's in the world, or even if you just watched a cute video recently, y'all, that, like, really brightened your day? Oh, I need some sunshine. That little Girl Scout video. Oh, okay, you can talk about the puppy first. Oh, yeah, because yours is better. Um, But the puppy's pretty great. Um, it's these little puppies and they're all sleeping and one of them's having a bad dream and the other one comes over and it's like it's okay and cuddles the other puppy and it's all okay that's the end of the video Uh, can we can we tweet that out when this drops for all the people out there it was cute absolutely i love puppy cuddles if you don't if you haven't we'll find it and then my what was your girl scout that girl scout who like did a remix to money by cardi b but about her girl scout cookies and then like it went viral and then she sold out on every single cookie that she had she's my hero i was not a girl scout as a child because social socializing was not my strong suit um but i feel like it would have been fun Oh, that sounds really wonderful. We can share that with the world, too. I have um, Girl Scout-related, like, happy news, I think, um, which is random. I am not joining the Girl Scouts, unfortunately. Um, I think I, like, missed that. That ship has sailed for me. But this is, like, kind of random and I think really cool. But um, actually, at work right now, I without getting like too super specific, um, I recently took over the coordination of these field trips and events that we host um, at my company. Um, And the majority of the like contacts and people that I'm talking to in planning these out, and they actually happen a lot more than I realized um, before I took it over. I guess that's how things are. You don't realize how much is going on behind the scenes. But um, like pretty much every month, Um, We have like one or two, if not more, like Girl Scout troops that come into um, our location and do um, like coding activities, um, robotics things, um, like just these really, yeah, it's super cool. So these like kind of bringing together um, either something that's kind of like arts and creativity based with technology and kind of merging those together. um, And 
Um, I have a really, really great team of people that I work with um, that help to like facilitate those events. So it's really cool that I get to kind of be a part in making that happen. Um, so that's been a really fun part of my days in the last month or so. And it's like, it's something that I get excited about. I was just talking to this um, troop leader today and we planned out this whole little um, event situation for one of their like robotics badge requirements. And they are really excited to come through. And I think that's really, really cool. Wait, that's so, so cute. So that's some good stuff that's happening on like a small scale. Um, but I think that's cool. I love Girl Scouts. Oh. I was gonna say, I feel like that's the way to make a difference. I've been like thinking a lot about that in trying to find a new career and whatnot. Like, cause I feel like a lot of times as like millennials and stuff, we look for careers that maybe whether we like to admit it or not, stroke our egos and whatnot. Um, and that like, even if you want to make a difference, you want to do it on this like grand scale, right? But like, like sometimes you can end up doing nothing because you're so focused on doing something that kind of inflates your ego, where it's like you could be doing smaller things all the time. Um, that would actually make some sort of difference, um, but may not necessarily have that like you know self-aggrandizing effect. Anyways, this is this is this is a soul searching I'm doing, everyone. Being being vulnerable today. <laughs> we appreciate it. So, I feel like I'm feel like good on ending. Are y'all good on ending on this like uplifting Girl Scouts are changing the world note? Yeah. For at least like this portion. Because we got to get to the interview. <laughs> oh. True, and our interview well, was y'all, so dope this week that I'm hyped. Yes, all right, y'all. We will be right back with uh, our next guest. See you soon. All righty, y'all, and we have our next fabulous guest up for today. Uh, super excited to have them on the show. Um, they are a super fabulous person who wears like a thousand and one hats all at once somehow. Um, literal hats sometimes. Uh, so welcome to the show, Rock Evans. Hi. 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 Hey. Welcome to the show. Um, I like could try and give like the synopsis of your life, but that I just would rather you let the people know, like to let you speak for yourself. Um, so to get things rolling, do you just want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and like what's going on in your life these days? Um, right now, well, I am a bodybuilding personal training drag queen monster. Um, literally, I like, mainly a monster. Um, no, I mainly am like a personal trainer and group fitness instructor by day, and then at night, I'm a disgusting drag queen, and I'm always working on something of some capacity because I don't stop because that's just not my nature. So that's what I do. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. Like, that was like the most concise way that it could ever be. Like, yeah. put. Like, I'm in the presence of royalty. Yeah. Royalty Like, casually famous, but basically, like, that X-Man, the juggernaut, like, never stops doing anything. Like, literally, even mean. if you were on fire, you'd probably just, like, keep it pushing. Like, you know 100%. what? But I gotta be at this thing at six, so... Um, but just to kind of get rolling in, we'll probably, we'll dive into all those different aspects of things. Cause I think it's a super cool, like, I don't know. It's a very interesting array of talents and things that you're involved with, but let's start off just talking a little bit about 
the drag side of things and like how did you get started in drag like what was your introduction to that how did you get to where that you are now so like i mean i've always been kind of interested in drag but never to the point where i wanted to be a drag queen i was like drag's cool like that i think it's cool what they do but i never saw myself in like ever trying drag or wanting to do drag um, but once I moved to Miami, I like encountered a few drag queens and I was like, these people are really crazy. Like they are not my traditional ideal of what a drag queen is, but that's cool. That's fine. Whatever. And they were working on this party and they were promoting it as if you dress non-heteronormative, you can get free drinks all night. And I said, work. So I showed up at the bar in a wig and got belligerent. So then that same night I met these drag queens and they were like, you have to be doing drag, you have to be doing drag. I'm like, no, I'm good, like, I'm fine. Long story short, the next month I showed back up, we created me a drag name. The next month I was booked to perform and it was my first drag show. And then like literally the rest is history. That is so, that's like the most interesting Casual. way that I've heard anyone, yeah, get involved in drag. Yeah, and then to like, drag, and then gone, to, so like far with it, gone so far with is it, like, is like, and when it was something you were just like, ah, you know, I'm just going to wear a wig to a bar and, you yeah. know, we'll see what happens. I'll take a couple free drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Very, and and, yeah. you know. So on brand. <laughs> so with uh, that, and I mean... So, people who might not be familiar with your drag persona, uh, she is Miss Toto. She is larger than life. Um, who is Miss Toto? And I have a question I didn't actually think of till right now. I don't even know if I've ever asked you. Where did the name Miss Toto come from? Just like, who is she and where did that come from? Okay, yeah, I answered that I was getting a haircut today and the like barber asked me. Um, so, Toto in Dominican slang means pussy. <laughs> and when I like heard the name Miss Dolto, I was like, oh my God, it's also a brand of toilet, which is like the luxury toilets that all the Kardashians have in their houses. Um, and I was like, that's really, really funny. So that's why I picked the name. And because it's super like easy to be branded, like Toto's short, it's easy to say, it's easy to remember, but in the same, like, same wavelength, it's like, it can be thought of as just the dog from the Wizard of Oz. Like people who don't know what Dolto means, it's fine, but if you know what Dodo means, you're like, oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think the first question that like a lot of or a lot of people think to ask in these situations is like, where like where does your inspiration kind of come from for her? Like, is she maybe a part of you? Is she an exaggeration of you? Are there any similarities between yourself and her? Are you one? Like, I guess like, how do you look at, you know, your personalities? You're Sasha Fierce person, I guess you could say. I would say Miss Toto does all the things that I like want to do, if that makes sense. Like I do what, pretty much whatever I want to do. Just having Miss Toto as an outlet allows it to make more sense. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like I'd probably be like wearing dresses and stuff like more regularly if I wasn't doing drag. But because I have that mm -hmm. drag outlet, I can dress up and play dress up all the time to the point where I don't even want to get in drag. So when it comes for like inspiration of styling, I'm like, wow, I see something that I like and I'm like, wow, I would love to wear that. And good thing I have opportunities to like get up and drag and wear the things I want to wear. So we're, I, don't, I think we're definitely different. Like the way I act when I'm in drag is much more different than when I'm out of drag. Like when I'm in drag, I need to be on, I need to be smiling and happy and like being the, the like most personal person in the room, which like I guess out of drag, I could be that, but 
a lot of the time, like, I'm just, like, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but a lot of the time, it's, like, after a night of drag, I'm just exhausted because you're, like, at 110 for the whole night. And then I'm, like, I don't want to see people for another, like, three days. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that. Because it's, like, I like obviously you're an introvert. I see that in your spirit. I'm an extroverted introvert. Like, I like to stay in 100%. But, like, I need to be out. So that's why, like, having a drag persona, like, where I'm forced to be out in the public and be loud and exciting and fun is really great. But then I, that makes me also value my, like, alone time a lot more. Totally. That's, like, peak introversion. Like, all the performers <laughs> are introverts. And they're like, I get on stage and I do my thing and then don't talk to me. Uh, I already gave you all of me. Leave me alone. That's it. That's literally me. I think my question, and the reason I said I feel like I'm in the presence of a celebrity, is because um, you've had some iconic Miss Toto looks, and the one that like truly blew me away was your rendition of the Hormone Monstress um, for many reasons. <laughs> First and foremost, because Maya Rudolph is the most important person in my entire life. Um, 100%. But secondly, also, uh, Big Mouth is incredible, so I want to know, like, how did you even put all of that together? So I saw, I was watching Big Mouth and I saw like the first intro of Connie and I was like, wait a minute. Like she is so sickening. Like I love her. Her character is, is, is me. Like she's loud. She's like sexy in like a really weird way, like a, a strange way. But then I tweeted, this was like maybe last June. Yeah, I tweeted last June. I said, once I get the money to get this look, it's over for you, hoes. And <laughs> like, I forgot I tweeted that because then I was scrolling through my Twitter. And then um, I had this designer here in Miami and I showed him a picture of the look of what I wanted and I got the fabric. And for him, that's basically just like a simple bodysuit with a cutout. Um, I, got, mm. I commissioned the horns, I did the wig and all the makeup I did myself. So putting that, like at least the look, look part together was really not as difficult, but it just is expensive. Drag is not cheap. So getting all the pieces together took a lot, but then after like putting the number together and then it kind of like blowing up, it, and I said this before on, I don't even know what, it, maybe my podcast, I don't know. But I was saying like valid, I don't do drag for validation from other people, but getting validation from other people, especially people like Maya Rudolph is like really cool. <laughs> um, hello, I would be like, right. I'd be falling out the entire time. I was on the treadmill when I saw her DM to me and I almost passed out. I was like, okay, cool. Great, great, this great, this is happening, this is happening. My Rudolph is literally messaging me <laughs> and I may pass out. What's been your favorite look, whether it's like impersonating someone or just like a Miss Toto original? What's been your favorite? Um, I really like this look I did for Days Magazine. So Days Magazine did um, for Art Basel, which is like this arts festival in Miami, they did five Miami artists that you should know, and some were like poets and painters and whatever. And when I first got contacted by them, I was like, ugh, they got like five drag queens, and like, this is so annoying. But I was the only drag queen, which was cool. And I got a look made for it, and it's this like piece I designed, but didn't sew. It's like a bodycon velvet dress under like 30 yards of tulle. So I look like a giant floating jellyfish. Um, and it's one of the first things I've ever, like, designed that I would consider to be a look. Like, everything else would be, like, a bodysuit or something, but that's my first designed look. And I think that's my favorite so far. That's, like, one of my faves that you've done. I was going to say that one if you didn't. 
The mm. purple, it's like a lilac lavender. Yeah, it's, it's like that bluey purple, like oh, so looking good. like a like you said a jellyfish out here, which yes. is like also the on brand. So on brand. <laughs> So, I mean, you've done, so there's been the hormone monstrous, you've done a lot of these like really, you know, some like what feel like high fashion looks and things. Other ones that I know have kind of like blown up have been like the Mr. Krabs, like. Oh my God. <laughs> look. Bird Box. Um, you, you did a Bird Box, um, Harriet Tubman. Um, yeah. There are, oh yeah, Which from one? Steven Universe. We oh have my a, God, I forgot her. Favorite. I don't know how I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, that like just like, happened. That was like literally a week ago. <laughs> that one was this like. This is like. Yeah. And yeah. Time, I'm no, like, for that one, it was you can't like do any better than this. so you much do. stress because of Steven Universe <laughs> so. fandom. Like, as a Steven Universe fan, I know that we're crazy. And I was thinking, like, yeah. if there was a drag queen to do Steven Universe wrong, yep. as a Steven Universe fan, I would be annoyed. I would be so annoyed. Yeah, so that's why I went for, like, perfection with this one. I was like, I'm going, mm -hmm. I don't care how much money I need to spend and how much time it's going to take. I need to make this perfect for me to, like, to, to do, to give, like, justice to the character. Well, it's, like, interesting because you do this, like, crazy combo of, like, drag yeah and like um i would say kind of like boring on cosplay sometimes and then also performance art so it's like i don't know so it's just it's like super complex that but like ultimately really cool thing that all kind of comes together in this like unique way yeah so i can see why they want to include you in this magazine I bullshitted it's like an artist too. i you know was like I mean? and they were like, well, like how do you define your art and i was like I'm a fucking drag queen but then i was like you know what i'm not a drag queen i'm an experienced artist and then so the way I explained it is like, yeah, when you there we go. see other drag queens are just like performers or they're hosts or like whatever, but it's like, no, I give people an experience. You may not leave with something tangible that you can take home with you, but you're gonna have a memory, a feeling. You're gonna like leave the experience that I create for you with, with a feeling. So that's what I just, I, I said that in the article and I'm like, that was kind of cool. Like, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I literally, I was like, I You were saying some, like, profound shit, and you're now like, Now I keep calling I'm myself good. an experienced like... artist. Not a drag queen. Listen, <laughs> like, we can't sleep on that, like, low-key intelligence. Um, other fun facts to drop a uh, master's degree. Oh, yeah. Like, I you, mean, you, you're low-key educated, so... Maybe. Like, no yeah, big deal. Like, when it comes to these other drag queens, I'm like, baby, you can't outswindle me because I literally am smarter than you. And that's just that. And that's... Period. Uh, casual flex. Well, no, but it's like also a lot of these performers, like being a performer, it's like a lot of the people who followed their passion and I was not, I mean, I guess I have multiple passions, but I was never like, I'm going to be a drag queen and work being only a drag queen and this is my passion. I was like, I'm going to get a master's degree because sharks are my passion. Then I just kind of found this, but then learned a bunch of stuff along the way, which has then helped me become like a better like business person when it comes to drag, like how to market myself and like think about what the people want slash like, is it not even marketable? Is it desired? Like, are you going to create something that people want to keep seeing? Yeah. Or is it just something that you want to give people? I mean, right. Which sometimes like this, what I'm working on right now while I'm on the call is like, <laughs> Stop. yes, Stop. I can't see it, but you that don't is need my to. desired 
Halloween costume since like 2008. Well, it's on Amazon, so that's why I have to like dragify it. I'm like gluing all these stones on it, but that's like the next. <laughs> so, so like I'm always working on something, but I, I bring these like Gabrielle Union in Bring It On is an icon, and she is the reason I was a cheerleader in college, and. I'm gonna do her some justice, you know? I feel like that's like a really great place to sort of make this transition um, because you sort of are a drag queen by night, but by day you talked about being this like bodybuilder, fitness trainer, and I just, <laughs> I've seen your fitness workout videos on Instagram and I'm like, your fave, your fave being me could never because I'm in the gym <laughs> every single day and you're like doing backflips and throwing kettlebells into the air. So sort of how did you get into the whole world of fitness? Um, it was actually because in college, Brandon definitely knows this, I had an accident cheering and broke my wrist. And I was always like kind of fit, but then um, once I got my like cast off, I was like, what the hell happened to my body? Like, I don't have the body that I used to have. Um, and then I kind of discovered fitness and then was kind of good at it, which was fine. And I was like doing that, that moment for like maybe two years. But then once I moved to Miami, I'm like, hold up everyone here is like super fit <laughs> like in maryland everyone was like mediocrely fit but no in miami everyone's like fit so i had to switch it up yeah i had to switch it up and i i was thinking like fitness in general has been pretty easy for me i need to do something that's not easy it's challenging i need to learn which was like weightlifting and bodybuilding so from there i like started getting into that and then I never thought I wanted to compete. Then I was thinking like, okay, I'm a drag queen. How cool would that be to be a drag queen bodybuilder? And then I actually started falling in love with that too. So it all has kind of tied together um, and given me like two really big extremes. Well, I'm sure like one kind of like helps the other. You know what I mean? Like being a fit queen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also creates like a niche, like no one else. There's one drag queen who was on Drag Race who said that she was a bodybuilder Barbie, but like that's false because she's not really a bodybuilder. She was a fit boy who happened to be on Drag Race. Fair. And that's that. <laughs> Period. Period. Um. So with that, I mean, you, I mean, I feel like you're talking about it like kind of casually, like, yeah, and then I like started trying bodybuilding, but I... From what I understand, and from you know what we've discussed a little bit about it, I feel like it's become like a pretty major part of your life because I mean you are, you know, a personal trainer in addition. So you're not only helping like you know getting yourself super fit, like pushing yourself to new limits and like doing these competitions and things like that, which takes a ton of like personal time, investment, and money. Like I mean I don't know how much it costs, but I'm sure it costs you coins um, <laughs> to do. But you're also then sharing that wealth of knowledge with other people and helping them to reach their goals. Like and somehow also you have like a whole like website and brand and like I mean it's like a company. Are you like LLC'd and stuff? I don't even know how that fucking works. So I do everything under the Miss Toto LLC. Mm. Because I think it's like funny that I have a business for drag, but in the same like same mindset, I can write everything off. So like costumes, travel, makeup, wigs, um, like literally my Ubers to to and from the club. Like Holy shit, I, those are all business expenses. Correct makeup. Oh wow wow wow. Yeah. So the the like way it works for like writing things off is if you would be wearing it in your day to day life, you can't write it off. Right. So, like, a custom wig, I can write off. But 
like my Fenty lip gloss, I can't write off because I wear that far too much <laughs> in my day to day life. Put the checks and balances in there somehow, right? But but like also because it's my fitness brand, I can write off all of my like workout clothes because I those are my work clothes and I need them to work. Mm. Wow! 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 Everybody literally take notes if you're at home. Oh, and also because like my appearance is my brand as a drag queen. Um, I just got like my I get my Botox and like I just got my fillers and stuff done yesterday, and I'm writing that off too. Period. Bitch, you. I'm writing it all off. I need to brand myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like wow, because like no, because you literally like everything then becomes like monetized. You don't. You pretty much. gotten yourself paid to go to the club more or less you know what I mean literally so what's that there's like a Cardi B lyric where like um you you just came to party where I get where I get paid to be and I'm like that's literally me like y'all are partying where I'm sitting and getting paid um <laughs> like whenever I like I'm trying to go when I when not trying to go in on somebody if someone is trying to come for me and I need to go in on them I'm like baby you're at my party you're at my event that I created yeah, so if you don't like it, you can step because you're still at my gig, at my party, having a great time, enjoying my atmosphere. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> and that's the like the diva gag. Yeah, that's like the diva Miss Toto personality that sometimes comes out. But I try to give people the experience that like, if you come to the club alone, but you know that I'm booked you're gonna still be able to have a friend to like hang out with and feel comfortable with. And like, I'll introduce you to people even if you do come alone so that you don't, you then in turn aren't alone. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the vibe I try to give to people. I mean, which is dope because I feel like it's like super ne- like necessary to create that community. Like with any, like in any sort of artistic space, like you have to give people the freedom to express themselves too at your show and kind of me yeah. In that way. yeah, I mean, because that's, that's how I went out. Like the drag queens were nice to me, so I felt comfortable going out because I knew I didn't know anyone else in the scene, but I knew the drag queens, and I knew they were going to be there, and they were going to be nice. So I'm trying to like do the same thing. Wow, we love a charitable queen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're so brave. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know anyone. I can't come. <laughs> Sorry. Oh Jesus. Do you have like a fan base, and if so, what do they call themselves? Like, what is your name? I don't know, like, because a lot of these other queens have, like, little, I mean, my, my freaking fans are crazy, and I love them, like, (laughs) especially on Twitter, on Twitter, they're even crazier, so. I was about to say, you, like, low, you have, like, a mini hive. (laughs) No, it's, like, crazy, so, um, the hashtag that, like, a lot of people have been using and putting in their bio is, I'm in love with Miss Toto, so, like, you sing it, like, the song. Perfect. Like, I'm in love with the Toto, or the Coco, that song. So, yeah. I'm in love with Miss Toto. Yeah. So, they put that in their bio, or, like, they'll tweet it or whatever. But, like, when I... And I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a social justice warrior. That's, like, not my tea. But if there's something that I feel strongly about, and I'm going to tweet about it, and, like, so other people see it, my social justice warrior followers will go off. And especially if someone's attacking me or trying to attack me, they'll go, they'll get even worse to the point where I'm just sitting back like watching it happen. <laughs> this really happened last week. Casually petting your dog as the chaos ensues Literally, it online. happened last week. Because like some, it was a white drag queen wearing dreadlocks, <gasps> and she tried to come oh. for me. Right, 
And I was like, baby, you're literally white. All your friends who also wear dreadlocks are white. So like, you're not going to do this, first of all, at all. Second, during Black History Month. And well, this Black History <laughs> Month has already been rough. So we really just don't need like, everyone else doing the most. Right. At all. So then all the followers jumped in and it was so messy. That was like a really fun three hours of my life. So I just like <laughs> started hours. the ball rolling and they all went in. I was like, that's it. <laughs> so good wow well that's like good to know that i mean these people have your back and they have it for a reason because you right because i don't i don't like go off for no reason like i'm usually just like being funny and like tweeting memes (laughs) that's honestly most of the time i'm like i'm just here for the jokes y'all really though (laughs) but I'm just I'm just here to get you know get my shits and goods. It's 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 nothing serious. Especially I'm how here like for the Twitter memes. exposes you when you like stuff. I'm like, could you not put <gasps> out there that I liked this thing? Twitter. I don't want people to know about my inner deepest thoughts. The shit that you shouldn't be liking anymore. Oh yeah. I know, and I I realized that, and I was like, I cannot be liking this shit anymore. So I have my other Instagram, which is now private, where I like things. Smart. <laughs> that I shouldn't be liking. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, yes. So, okay. I guess this is more of like a high level, like, question. Um, but how has your perception of gender or masculinity, femininity, femininity, sorry, changed or like evolved as you've immersed yourself in kind of like two, what could be in some ways considered opposing worlds, but like are very one in you, you know? Like, yeah. there's a lot of hyper mask bullshit in bodybuilding but then there's like obviously you kind of exploring your femininity in drag so i guess what are your i guess views and have they changed over time i know that's like a heavy question yeah no no, like growing up i always knew i was like different and weird i'd never thought like when i was younger younger i thought i was fully trans i was like i'm a girl then as i got older i was like well i don't want to be a girl but I definitely don't feel like a full boy, but I was like, whatever, what I'm doing is fine. Like, this is cool. (laughs) Um, But then once I was into this like drag scene, I realized you didn't, the binary is like whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to, like the binary is not real. Everyone's gender, like gender is literally a socially made construct, but that doesn't mean when someone is solid in their gender, that makes their gender not real. So to me, my gender does not really matter except when I'm in drag. So like mm-hmm. she, her, and drag, period. But when I'm out of drag, it's usually she, her, they, them. Like, I don't know, sometimes people use he, him, and that's fine. But then there are people who I encounter who either are like me and don't care or are just firm in she, her, or he, him, or they, them, or whatever, and that's cool. Because I realize mm-hmm. gender is literally up to the discretion of the person. And I feel like with bodybuilding too, Bodybuilding is drag for straight people. Like the amount of prep that you have to do, like the hours in the gym, the eating, the like spray tan, the haircut, the like this or that, it's like too much. And with drag, I'm like gonna get off this call or whatever and I'll be in drag in like 45 minutes and just like get an Uber to the club. And I'm just gonna show up, be myself on the mic for a little bit, go home. Like, and that's fine. So I would say like, like drag for me at this point isn't as much work but it's still really exciting every time i get in drag because i could be dreading it each night i'm like oh my god i don't want to get in drag like this is horrible but then once i start getting on my makeup and like i start getting in the character i'm like this is fun and mm-hmm. then i like go out and then people are like oh my god can i get a picture mr i've been like wanting to meet you and that kind of gives me the validation of like okay you should keep doing this like as much as you may not want to do it 
like once you start getting in the gig, you'll feel better. You'll wake up. You'll be on. Because yeah, yeah, and then having to do that all in one day is just so much for lack of a better word, transitioning. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, for real. Like I literally did, uh, well, I've done this multiple times. I competed in a physique show and then left the show, showered, put on makeup and did a gig. Wow. Yeah. That's exhausting too. <laughs> what do you like- sort of see for yourself long-term in terms of continuing in the world of drag? solely focusing on one world or the other, dipping your toe in both consistently, like what what's the, for the what's in the future for Miss Toto? I don't know. So like so many people have asked me that and they're like if if you had to give up one, what would you do? And I'm like I'm not. Like that's literally not possible. Um because each no, because each piece makes me feel a certain way. Like if I just did drag, I would want to do fitness because I'd be so bored. Same thing, it's like if I just was doing fitness, I would be literally so bored because at the end of the day, I would be like being a normal person, like sitting at home watching Netflix or like, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like I would not have that full like spectrum of who I am. And I don't, I'm not, that's also not saying I'm gonna be a drag queen forever because I'm not going to be a 50 year old drag queen. There's literally no way at all. But I want, so I, produce a lot of events and I want to do that on a larger scale. So I already have done that like nationally, but I want to take some of my parties that I do internationally and I feel like that'd be really dope. Wait, what is the international drag scene like? Like I'm sure Europe is eons ahead of us in South America and such, but like. So it's kind of crazy. Like there's (laughs) the UK has some really crazy queens. there's a queen in, I believe she's in London. Her name's Donna Trump. Donna Trump. She's so good. She's literally amazing. I love her to death. I met her at DragCon and she's super cool. Um, I'm going to Canada, to Vancouver next month with this drag queen named Alma Bitches. <laughs> and yeah. Smart, sorry, it took me a second. Like, right, right, I know. Alma, Alma Bitches. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so I met her at DragCon too, and she was like, you're super cool. Like, I would love to bring you to Vancouver. I was like, yes, sir, or whatever. Then literally two weeks later, I had an email from- Oh my God, fucking Canadians. They're They're so damn hospitable. (laughs) They're so nice. And I would say like Vancouver and Toronto are super drag heavy. Um, I know like the Latin American countries, crazy. Cause all the little Latino boys are tiny and can like flip and they're just acrobats. yeah, I mean, U.S. drag, I feel like, is getting there, but it's taking a bit. Because we have this, like, such nailed-in idea of, like, what drag is. And mm-hmm. now with this whole, like, resurgence of drag, there's so much more variability in what we see, even in mainstream media. But then also because of drag becoming mainstream, some of, like, the the non-conventional stereotypical drag is popping off. Even if that's not where the attention's focused, that it's still getting attention just by being drag as a whole, if that makes sense. There's no rules to drag, which is what I like. There are no rules. Like, if you want to glue a freaking blender bottle to your forehead and call it drag, like, that's drag. Whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. No, I think that's funny that you said that because you just like subtly just um, hinted at both your worlds because people who don't work out or like haven't worked out previously probably don't know what the hell a blender bottle is, but you're like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking at a blender bottle. I'm like, what on this table is unconventional that I could glue on my head that I probably have not glued on my head before? 
And on the table is like stones, glue, my AirPods case, a camera, a game controller, and a blender bottle. And I'm like, the least likely of things that I would glue on my face at this moment is a blender bottle. The blender bottle. You, I mean, we talked a little bit about kind of, uh, I guess, unconventional or like alternative kind of resurgence of drag and things like that. Um, For people who maybe like aren't out and about and haven't seen a lot of shows or just haven't been really immersed in like the drag community or things like that. And honestly, I know I haven't even seen half of what's out there. Um, But I think that there is like some more mainstreamness coming from things like, um, so like RuPaul's Drag Race, like moved to VH1 or whatever. And now there's all the people who watch who aren't even, you know, LGBTQ and beyond. Um, But like as someone who is really a part of that community like what do you want people to know um, about the community beyond maybe just what they see in the most ho- high profile sense because there really is such an amazing like vibrant community beyond that and so much more than what you see on TV and it, that's all great but like what do you want people to know I'm like go out like if you're legal to go out in your city go out see the local mm-hmm. queens because all these people that you're obsessed with like on the internet or from Drag Race or Dragular or whatever, they all started in their local clubs. So, like, maybe that one person you love one day maybe on that show. If not, you still supported them and support them continually because, like, sometimes a lot of these performers aren't even fortunate enough to have day jobs or want to have a day job, so that is their income. Like, they pay their bills with the tips that you give them. They pay their bills with these, like, mediocre-ass booking fees that these clubs are giving them. So... It's like going out and literally monetarily supporting drag is awesome. But then I always tell like my other drag friends this. I'm like, a like, a comment, a reshare, they're all free. Social media is free. So to give your friends more exposure, especially if you have the platform to do so, do that. Because there could be a club promoter who likes that look or likes that performance or whatever that then can book them to then give them more exposure. So I think that's important from both ends. You're so right. It's free to be like, add to my story. Like, it costs you nothing. It's literally free. Like... What advice then would you give to maybe, like, a young queen or, you know, someone who's interested in drag and they're, like, you know, like, trying to figure it all out or how would you... Like, what would you tell them? I would tell them to be as authentic to themselves or who they want to be as possible. Because I feel like that's what's really set me apart from a lot of these other performers. And when I look at drag queens that I usually, here's the problem. I, I wouldn't say I'm a high, I'm like not a high judger. Cause like if your drag is fun and sickening, like I don't care if you're messy, I don't care if you're like super put together. Like if you're fun and cool and energetic, like I love it. But when you look like a carbon copy of a carbon copy of a carbon copy of another person, of a queen, of a drag race girl, of a dragular girl, it's like, I've seen this before. I've seen the gimmick, I've seen the look. I, it's not interesting to me. So, but the the, best way to become interesting or to be interesting is by being true to who you want to be. And there's also no rush. Like, I was on live the other day and someone came to my party shortly after that in drag and they're like, this is my first time in drag because of something that you said on live. And I was like, what the fuck did I say on live? And (laughs) it was that, like, go out and be ugly. Like, if your first time in drag, you are not going to be pretty. And that is okay. Like, be okay with that and move on because you're like my whole first year and a half of drag I wasn't pretty and the fact that I was out and about because you have the people who talk about it and the people who do it and the doers even if they're busted are out and about doing the thing while the other people are in their house practicing so it's like 
if you practice the mug, go out. If you practice this look and put it together, go out. If it's not like the most polished, at least you are out. And people can see your transformation as you get better and better and better and it's more appreciated opposed to someone who just shows up stunning. You're like, well, that takes the fun out of it. I like seeing people grow. It's like every time you get in drag, you're like, wow, that person's really stepping it up. Or every time they perform, you're like, wow, they're really getting it together. Like that was a really cool show. I remember when they first started. So don't be afraid. Just like go out. If you look busted, everybody, like no one, like even the most painted, gorgeous drag performers were busted at one point. And that's just how it works. Like that like advice translates into like real life too. Even if it's not like pretty when you first do it. At, like, yeah. if, even if you do it, at least you're out. Like at least you're making something happen. You're doing something. <laughs> like, and I just take that from my own experience because I was going out in like a really ratty wig. I wasn't even shaven. Like my... <laughs> Because right now, it's like I have this masculine body, so what's the point of having a beard on top of that? Like, I want it to be, like, super fluid and weird. Mm -hmm. But for other people, I explain to them, I'm like, yeah, I may look like this now and have the looks and, like, have these gigs and stuff, but at the very beginning, I was just going out and having fun. And if you are focused about getting booked and not having fun, that takes the whole fun aspect out of drag because you're thinking about just getting booked and trying to get to like the next level. You're not gonna do that organically if you're not having fun. So go have fun. <laughs> Make yeah. friends. Booked and busy will come eventually. Literally, it'll Gotta come. Gotta be busted before you can be booked and busy. Period. I love that. We love alliteration. Yeah. We do. All right, y'all, let's take a quick little break and then we'll be right back to wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're in the middle slash end-ish part um, of an interview with the amazing rock slash Miss Toto. Um, but right now, it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. Um, Maya, I believe you are on as duty this week. I am, and I'm like low-key embarrassed about who I chose, but also I'm standing up in my truth. So... Um, my ass is one of my problematic fave TBCs. I think I've talked about him before in the past. If I haven't, then it's going to be a great surprise. Rock, just for you to know, a TBC oh, yeah. is a Tad, Brad, and Chad. Is it That's what? what I call like quintessential white men, like a Tad, Brad, and Chad. I call them TBCs. <laughs> Love that. So they, we have a range of terms for whites on this. We have TBCs. We have a seasoned white, which is like an older white male. We have a spicy white, which is like a white male that you can get into. A so. spicy white. Yes, TBC is like low on the totem pole, but it's fine. Um, so my problematic TBC is a musician. He's a heartthrob, but is really bad at relationships. Oh my God. And I think every woman who's ever dated him hates him now, which makes me oh love God. him even more. Um, it is the one and only, his body is a wonderland, John Mayer. Uh, Jay Mayer, I knew where this was going. <laughs> I love him. It's really bad. I think I was on Instagram the other day and one of those like Live Nation ads came up to like buy tickets to his show and it was playing one of his songs. I'm like, wait, this is kind of a bop. And then I went on a whole John Mayer deep dive and it got ugly really fast. But I like a lot of his music and I know he's terrible. Like Jen Aniston told us, even Taylor Swift talked about it. He has had problematic things in the past. I get it. He is bad. But he's sad in all the right ways, and I really like him. 
Girl, this is your cancer talking, I swear, because he does not... Wow, you made me sound like I'm a cancer patient. She means cancer like my um, sign and not... Oh, I get it. Cells growing in my body. Brock is also a cancer, so maybe he can relate. Oh, I can. (laughs) In all the right ways, I was like, oh, girl. I just... um, I feel that because I really do like a lot of his music, and I do think he's a super great artist. I just, looks-wise, he doesn't do it for me. Oh, I think he looks like a shaggy dog. It's so, like, he's just, like, so TBC. But, like, not in, he's TBC, but not in the preppy kind of way. He's more, like, basic boy next door TBC. Like, oh, we grew up together, and he's so freaking annoying. But not, like, in a hot Chris Evans boy next door way. He just looks like every white guy I went to high school with. So I think this is just, like, a lot of my deep-down trauma speaking um, that I just need to work through with my therapist. But... Mm. I'm obviously feeding into the problem right now. But John Mayer, you kind of do it for me. I think I can change him, which is like the worst line a girl can ever say, right? I can help oh you, John Mayer. I'm here for you. You can never change them. Rock is judging me hardcore. It's I like his I just eyes just keep face. like darting from side to side and getting bigger. <laughs> I just can't move my face. <laughs> also fair. Um, well... Thanks for that, Maya. But yeah, that's hashtag that on that. Uh, So, um, moving on, moving right along to our next favoritist segment. Um, And luckily, we've got Rock in the house to help us out. It is going to be our bop of the week. So, Rock, what has been on your spirit? New, old, out there, in there? What song are you feeling? Okay, so the whole Ariana new thank you next album is very mm. cancer like cause Ariana's a cancer and I'm when so I was listening proud. to this oh my God, I was, she is yeah, yeah I was listening to the album and I was like this album is very cancer so then I it is. looked her up <laughs> oh and I was like oh she's a cancer and I get it I fully get it now um so I was toying between Needy because like Needy's very me um I was so here's the thing so like earlier this week and last week I was feeling like Needy and NASA because like I need space um but yesterday I was at my doctor's getting my fillers done and I was like you know what like I'm that bitch like I want it I bought it that's it so I'm feeling very seven rings right now Because if you want something, I mean, from that's like a double-edged sword. So if I want something, I'm going to work for it, and then I'm going to get it because that's what I want. But Ariana's message is a little different because she's a rich white girl who's always been a rich white girl. So her saying that she got things is different than me saying that I got things. But <laughs> that's, I'm feeling very seven rings. Yeah. She's from like Boca Raton, which is like a really rich area of South Florida. And she's always had money. He like rich girl vibes yeah but like the song taking her out of it it's like i want it i bought it i want it like if you correct you work for it and you get it and you you do what you need and that's what i'm feeling i'm also here for her like being like i want to share my wealth with my girlfriends and none of you hoes and by hoes i mean men Um, the story's cute though did you like hear the story behind seven rings though yeah she's like we all got drunk engagement rings (laughs) 
I'm into like, it. I would like to be her friend so she could buy me a ring. Hello? That's it. That's right. all I've ever wanted in <laughs> like, life. We've talked about generous. this. Wanting to be a famous person's friend. I don't even need to be famous. Like, let me be <laughs> in your vicinity so that I am reaping all the benefits. Correct. Because, like, all her friends are quasi-famous, too, because of her. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. There it is, y'all. Our bop this week is Seven, seven Rings by Ariana Grande. <laughs> all right, folks. We have made it to the very, very end, not the middle end, like Aj was describing it as, as earlier, <laughs> the end end <laughs> of another episode of Diet Starts Monday. Rock, thank you so much. Before we let you go, um, first, just plug all of your social media, because like we said, it's free to plug yourself and free to plug others. So like, where can the people find you? Right, I'm on Instagram as the Miss Toto, T-H-E-M-I-S-S-T-O-T-O. And Rock Evans underscore. I'm on Twitter as the same thing, The Miss Toto. YouTube and Facebook also as The Miss Toto. And my websites are rockevansfitness.com and themistoto.com. I love it. I went on your, I think, I don't know if I went on your website once or was just look, was looking at your like personal like fitness Instagram and I was like, damn, you look like you can like crack walnuts with your ass cheeks. And that's like the highest form of compliment. So, I'm going to try that when we get you off should. this. It's like those women who crush cans with their breasts. That's more of my area of expertise exercise wise. But um, I love that. Yes. Thank you so much for being here with us and for of sharing. Course yourself and Miss Toto with the world. Um, folks, follow Miss Toto. It's honestly the best thing I ever did on Instagram. It's always entertaining. <laughs> it's amazing. And as always, you can catch us here every other Monday when we're feeling like being on time, doing our thing. Um, but until then, friends, I'm Maya. I'm Aj. And I'm Brandon. And we will see you next time. This week's episode of Diet Starts Monday was produced and edited by Maya Dawi with production support from the entire DSM squad, including Brandon Shat and Ashanae Truss. Our theme song was written and performed by Brandon Shat. You can find episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DSM Pod or on